This is Women and Justice, and my name is Dr. Shante James. I'm grateful as always for our guests, but today the speaker is allowing us to open a different door and peek at her personal journey. We only have a limited time, so I'm jumping quickly to our next speaker as she introduces herself. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Shante Plummer. I introduce myself like this. Hey, you guys, it's me, the one and only Shante P. That's how I normally introduce myself. I love my- that introduction. <laughs> That's how I introduce myself. Okay. Uh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Can you tell us um, briefly a little bit about yourself as we start off? Yes. Um, I am a mother of seven. I am the business owner of a company called Moms Can Talk. I am a published author of two books, one entitled 619, The Emotions Behind Closed Doors, and then a journal that kind of goes along with that is called Turning Grief Pain into Progress. That, that, that sums it up about me. I used to be a 19-year medical billing specialist, and then God turned my life all the way around, <laughs> did a whole 360, and... Now um, I am a grief coach, okay. so I try to I try to help women and families get through the grief process. You never get over the process of grief, but I try to teach you how to navigate emotionally when it when it pops up. <clears throat> okay, so you've given us a lot. So I'm gonna step you back just a little bit, and then can you tell us a little bit about your books as it relates to the theme of our podcast, which is women and justice. Yeah, so 619, The Emotions Behind Closed Doors um, came about in 2018, I lost my 66-day-old daughter. And then in 2019, one year to the date of her funeral, the cops came knocking on my door and arrested me for criminal homicide. So that's how I actually got into women and justice. (laughs) That's how this this book came about. Um, They um, charged me with criminal homicide, and I spent 10 days um, in Dolphin County Prison, which was a a life-changing 10 days, very life-changing 10 days. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want to give too many spoilers away concerning your book, but I do want you to flesh out a little bit of... Um, your process in the 10 days and then also how you got to the point of the criminal homicide. So can you give us a little bit more? And again, I don't, you know, I want everyone to buy the book. Um, So (laughs) I'm trying to give you um, just some space to elaborate just a little bit. Okay. Well, um, the 10 days, how we got to the 10 days, how we got to criminal homicide I'm still trying to figure out how we actually got to criminal homicide. Um, The process that we went about, I, from 2008 to 2019, I never heard from a police officer. From the time they came in and the process of my daughter passing away, I've never spoken to a police officer. I spoke to a police officer that day and during the funeral process, they kept, you know, coming up and asking me questions. And at the time, because due to my lack of knowledge, I just was trying to give information to them because you think they're the police. They need a child passed away. They need to know these things. So I was just giving free information just freely because I didn't do anything wrong. So I was giving them the information. Um, So 
then they just disappeared. I didn't hear from them. No one popped up at my door. No one asked me any questions. Um, and then close to, I would say about July of 2019, uh, one of the, uh, the detective had came and asked me some questions about some CPR that I had performed on my daughter, gave him the answer. And then in November of 2019, they knocked on my door and charged me with criminal homicide. Now, criminal homicide, as you know, encases every single charge that you can have. First degree, second degree, involuntary manslaughter, everything is under this window. So they come and they charge me with criminal homicide and I go, of course, in front of the judge and I have no bail. And that's how I did my 10 day stint out the Dolphin County prison. During that 10 days out Dolphin County prison, I'm telling you, it was absolutely an eye opener because when you're not in the, I've never been in the justice system. So when you're not actually in the justice system, you don't pay attention to the laws and the things that are going on until it's in your, in front of your face until you're actually in it. So I've heard about the stories and, you know, you hear about the good and the bad stories of being out the, the county and dealing with the police. But until you're actually in that situation, you don't you don't really take heed as to what is going on around you. So when I was actually in the situation, it's like this is absolutely terrible. This system is absolutely. I mean, terrible. If you don't have the, the knowledge, the, the resources. Um, to actually fight a case or to 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 even to go when you're when you're actually in the county, you will be lost in the system. And that's how I felt. I felt like I was lost in the system. I felt, how did I even get here? What steps do I take to get out of here? Where do I even begin? I was so lost in that. I was so lost in there. Like all I could do was like, okay, God, I need you to take control because I don't know what to do. I mean, I absolutely did not, I didn't even understand my charge. I didn't understand how serious my charge was until about seven days in when I actually got to speak to my lawyer and she broke it down how serious my charge was. I didn't understand, like, I didn't understand it at all. So in your transition of the first day to the seventh day, it sounds like you were dealing with, hey, what do I do? Then what is my reality? So then the bigger question to me is, do you think the lack of knowledge concerning the criminal justice system is limited to a few people or is it just if you're not if you if you've never touched it, then you really don't know anything about it at all? Um, kind of both. I believe in kind of both, because if you. The information you can always research is always there. Okay. You can always go in and, and, and research, you know, what you what you need to research, not in the county. When you're outside of the county, there's always research. You can research resources. You have libraries, books, people, everything you can talk to, you know, you can research. But if you're not in that, if you're not in that realm in the system, sometimes you don't feel the need. Like, I don't have to. That's like in politics. Oh, a lot of people don't get into it because it's not in my forefront. I don't have to. When in actuality, you really need to. Because it might not affect you at that moment and it might not affect you ever in your life, but it affects someone else around you and you can make a difference. You can make a difference just knowing. If I just knew, 
if I just knew a little bit more, things today would be different. If I just had a little bit more information, things today would be different. So from the first day to the seventh day, I would say my resources as far as knowledge was at zero. Okay. And then how did it increase very, it sounded like it increased very quickly. How did that beyond your attorney? um, It was just me coming home and starting to have to ask questions and starting to speak out. And and it didn't even go beyond, I don't want to give too much, but it didn't even go beyond my attorney. It went after my attorney. It was after the attorney where it was like, wait, I don't, I think something went wrong here that I had to step back and like, I need to do more research on my own. I think because sometimes when you speak to an attorney, um, even if you have a paid lawyer, because I did have a paid lawyer or a public defender, they speak in terms of years and sometimes they put fear in you to, to, to know that there's a possibility that you could do 10 to 15 years away from your family. That like shook me up. It's, it's the wording like that shook me up to the point where it's like you you they embedded in your head and you get to the point where you know like okay you know what what is it that i can do to stay home and you don't think about the future at that time you just want to get to the point what my goal was i have six other i have six kids at home what do i need to do to not be taken away from them again because that 10 days being taken away from them was just devastating so what my end goal was what can i do to stay away when I should have been really doing research before, not just, not just after everything settled. Like, I think, I think I could have did a little better. Something, something went wrong where I should have been doing research for myself. I think a lot of people get fearful and they don't want to go up against the system. And I think you bring up a great point in the sense that um, because I'm the textbook person. So I always say to people, I think it's interesting within the system itself that it sounds like you were making some decisions based upon the knowledge that you had, but also the need to get home. You had responsibilities. So would you define yourself as a victim at that point? Yes. Yes. I I would define myself as a victim (laughs) from the beginning. From the beginning, I felt like from the day that 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 detective tapped me on my shoulder and said to me, I need to speak to you and took and they took my child from me till the day that I stood in front of the judge. Um, at my prelim, I felt like a victim, I would say. And at what point for you, because again, I don't want to, because I know a lot of this is in the book. Um, at what point did it shift where you felt like you were taking control of the route that you were on? Not until it, it seems like not until it settled. And some days and some days even now, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, because sometimes I, I feel like the decision that I made changed my life drastically. But then I look at why did you make the decision? Why did you, why did you make the decision? And the decision that I made had to be made for my children. That was the decision that I made. It was, it wasn't because I needed to prove myself. 
It wasn't because I know what happened. It wasn't because I'm scared to fight against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. My biggest reason was I have six children that I needed to raise. And if I, and again, I say, if I had more knowledge, I might not have been so fearful and I might've still said, you know what? I'm still going to go fight. I'm still going to fight for it. But I just had, I was just afraid. I didn't have, for one, I didn't have $50,000. Like, I don't know anyone that just lays around like, oh, you know what? I have $50,000 to pay someone to fight this for me. And that's the amount you projected that you would have to pay if you took a different route. And just so the audience knows, um, we're purposely both of us not saying the route because that's in the book. (laughs) (laughs) So spoiler alert, that's in the book, everybody. So we're not um, that you know what her decision was. Um, But it sounds like you needed the finances to be able to have more options. Yes. Yes. Well, my lawyer broke down the things that we would need the finances for um, and let, she broke down how much it would be. I was like, wow, like I could barely come up with the $8,000 that I needed for this. Like, where am I going to get 50? How? And if I don't have the $50,000 in the middle of a charge, will I have to then go to a public defender? I don't know many public defenders that have won criminal homicide charges, um, that have fought and won against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but it was like, at that point, I didn't know which, which way to go. So it was, she She asked me, she, my lawyer asked me, what is more, what is most important to you? Is it clearing your name or is this staying and being, being a mother to your, to your child, to your children? She, she definitely asked me that. Okay. So in retrospect now, where do you see women and justice in the sense of if I'm to lift up the, you know, the cover and kind of look at what steps we need to take next, what steps do you think we need to take next based upon your situation? Um, I would say the next steps would be definitely for one is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Research is power. Getting around people and women um, that have knowledge of the situation. Uh, I would, I would, I would just have to say, you have to put your fear to the side when you when you know you're right. When you know you're right, you put your fear to the side and you go and you do what you just for, just stand up for yourself. So I think women in justice, you know, we need to just stand up for ourselves more. Not be afraid of the this not be afraid of the system, not be afraid that because we're women, we might get treated differently in the system. For one, we just we can't be afraid of that anymore. At this point in life, at this point in time, I feel like women need to stand up for their rights. And women that are already in justice, I, I believe that they are doing what they need to do. Women in power are doing what they need to do to help women like me. Like to help women, I mean, I didn't, that was afraid. that didn't have the resources, meaning money or not knowing what the next move was, or even to have kids that are, that are fearful of losing their kids, but a, a woman in justice that can say, no, this and this happened. That was not supposed to happen. To, to someone to just sit, sit you down, go through your discovery, go through everything to say this and this was not so, you don't have to take a plea bargain. You don't have to negotiate. You don't have to do these things. 
you have a good chance that you, you know, you can stand up against them and you can win and not lose your kids. So I'm a big advocate of knowledge, but I question whether or not within the structure awareness is enough or do we need to, because I know in your, the, the, um, your second book, you really try to give individuals tools. Um, so what tools particularly do you think that we need put into place for women? Because I can teach all the classes I can teach. Um, I guess my thing to you, especially based upon your experience, is it more of checks and balances that need to be put into place? Is it more advocates that need to be put into place? Um, I'm really looking um, from our discussion to say, this is the money that we need to put and this is where we need to place it. Yes, um, I would definitely say checks and balances. A little, um, pretty much half and half. We need advocates and also um, checks and balances because <laughs> if you if you're going into something and there's no there's no there's no money around, there's no resources around, uh, it's sad to say like you'll end up with something that you don't want to you'll end up with something that you don't want to have you'll you'll definitely end up with something that you don't want to have and if you don't have advocates around to lead you and guide you in the right way you're going to end up regretting a decision that you don't want to make um i can never say that i regret my decision right i regret what's going on i don't i don't regret my decision because even though it was the worst thing that i see myself going through is turning out to be the best one of the best thing that has happened to me um, and why do you say story, it's the best? Um, because I I turned into a better. I I feel like I'm on a path that I should have been on. Okay. Um, I'm helping I'm helping women and and I'm helping women for one get through a grieving process. I'm helping women being able to transition from going from jail to come back into society. Although I didn't spend a great deal of time in jail coming back into society to have society now look at you as a different person is mentally hard when women come out they have to be they're, they're they've been stripped from their children they've been stripped from being mothers they've been stripped from being providers so it's like to me it's different than men coming out than women coming out of jail so now i'm able to speak to those women to say yeah you know you've been in that situation but look at where you can go to don't ever look at that situation at the end of that's the end all you have to look at me and see that Yes, the situation was bad, but now I'm, I published a book. Yes, the situation was bad, but now I'm a business owner. The situation was bad, but now I'm living life to the standard of what I think my God purpose life is. In. So it was the worst time of my life. I mean, I've been down. It, it was it was some days it was dark that I didn't think I could come out. But I just really feel like at this point, the worst thing that happened to me is turning out to be the best thing that happened to me. So you've mentioned often religion. So do you think one of the tools that we need to offer is more faith? Definitely. I definitely think that a tool to author, offer is definitely faith. Um, to me, without faith, without God, I wouldn't be here. I, I, my situation, I, I know would be... My situation, I know, would be totally different. And sometimes, you know, people, it's hard 
for people to have faith because it's like, well, God wouldn't let these bad things happen. How do you believe in a God that's let, that took your child away and then a year later charging you and now you're incarcerated? Like, how is there, how is that even impossible? And how do you reconcile that for someone? To ask? I think those are, are strong questions to ask. Um, I tell a person, even though it's hard, I tell a person that God makes no mistakes. He makes no mistakes. And sometimes we don't understand his plan. And at that very moment when it's happening, you don't want to hear it, but everything happens for a reason. I feel like my daughter was taken away from me for a reason, my mother, my father, because I lost all three of them within a year. Within a whole year, I lost my both my parents and my child. Um, and I, But I never lost faith. It's like because I know the God that I serve would not just make this happen to me. You don't see a bigger picture because you think what could be worse than losing your child right. and then being charged and then being charged with it. What can be what can he give you that's even better? And I do believe, and I'm gonna just put it out here now so that it's in the air and we'll say, wait a minute, she said that back then. But I do believe that my daughter was brought into this world and taken out of this world and it's going to change this justice system. I've always thought that when I went, when I went and got when I was incarcerated. Um, and I was sitting, I would say my prayers. It was just something like, you're going to change the system. I never knew how, I never knew what's happening, but it was just like, you're going to change the system. And it's, 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 I can't get too deep into it. No, we're Um, good. We're good. (laughs) But it's just so much that I just want to say, it's like, um, during my case, it was so many things that went wrong, so many things that I just did not know that was, was going wrong. And I just accepted it. I just accepted it because, you know, you think you're doing the right thing. And I just accepted it because these are police officers. These are medical examiners. These are, you know, district attorneys. So they're doing the right thing. Right. That's and why you would you so. question it? I mean, right. I think we're socialized too to not question it. Um, right. That's not like, our default. Why, right. Why? Why? They're doing the right thing. They're, they don't know me. They don't have any personal vendettas against me. So why would they not do the right thing? But then when you get then you dig down and you dig deep in it, it's just like, wow, why? Now I want to know why. Like that, if, if that was the question I would, I would have to ask, it would be why? Like, <laughs> Why, why did, why did it have to go to this extent? And this, this shift or this journey, it sounds like you're on for the why, where are you standing now, present day? And and make sure you're connecting it to the book too. Not, no spoilers, but a little bit connected to the book. (laughs) Present day, I would have to say, um, you actually, this podcast and the speaking that we have actually woke me up to my why. Okay. I'm, I'm really going to say it woke me up to my why because I've been on a journey of faith. My, my journey has been faith. Everybody, like every God is all around me. God is in me. Without God, there is no me. And then you came along <laughs> and you changed, you switched, you, you, you switched that and you made me really think about the injustice, the the just 
things, the things that happened to me during my past, because sometimes it's not that I push it out of, it's not that you push it away, you sweep it under the rug, you don't want to think about it, but it's just like the journey that I was on and speakings that I've had, no one's ever questioned me about how do you feel, how you were treated? Do, do you feel like criminal, did, did everything go right? No one's asked me that, I think, because they look at me and see, oh, she wrote a book now, oh, she's doing speakings now, she has a business, so they don't, they don't think about wait a minute, like what happened? What, what is, what is going on? So you in turn, it's like for the past week, I'm telling you, I've been writing things down, asking myself, was this right? Well, why did this happen? And what was the outcome of this? And what did, could this outcome have been? You've made me be on that path to, I need some answers and also how to answer the questions that people that the questions that people will have as far as the criminal system, because they feel I feel like they'll say to me, um, well, do you think you were treated fairly or do you think you got what you deserve? Do you think that? And honestly, I would really ask them I, if, I, if I would answer them, I would answer them. No, I really don't. I really think once you know my story, once you know the details of what happened, even a person's mouth would drop and say, what? Like, that's not right. Shantae, that is not right. You you can't possibly think that's right. And now at this point, I know like that, that wasn't right. There was no way. No way. But I think, to, at least for me, um, and w- what I, I know that you offer, especially in both your books, is just a platform for people to process and a platform to say what directions I'm going to go into next. So I know we're getting close to time, so I want to give you a moment also to talk about your business. So tell me a little bit about your business too. I mean, I know, but tell me for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moms Can Talk came about um, MKT. It stands for my daughter, Michaela Carmel Thomas. And um, Moms and Talk is a business that helps women and families get through the grieving process. And when I say get through, it's grief will come up at any moment, any time. It doesn't matter where you are, what happens, or what you lost, because grief is not always the loss of a person. Because when you say grief, you think of death. But it's not the loss of a person. It can be a loss of a job, a car, anything that changes your life. So um, I'm here. Because I've been through a lot. I've lost a lot. I've been homeless. I've been jobless. I've lost everything in fires. I've survived a home invasion. So I've lost a lot. And I've been through a lot of grief. So I feel like I can now help someone get 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 over that. If I had someone there when I was going through my mom and dad um, with cancer, battling cancer, and when I lost my daughter, and when I came home from jail and then had to face a case, if I had someone to just help me get through those emotions that those depressions that came up that bewilderment that came up that just what is going on that wow those emotions that came up it would have been much easier so, so for, i'm going to be that person to stand in to say this is this is the steps you need to take just to get you through that process okay so is the program just for women or is it for no. okay no nope. women and families but it does nope. have the mom heading though Yes, it has okay. the mom. I just yes. wanted to make sure people knew that it's for both. Um, for but both. in you focusing on women and grief, what makes it distinctive? 
I mean, I know the answer, but I just want to make sure the audience knows. What makes your program distinctive from anyone else's? My experience. When you come, when you come, I would say when you come to me, um, you see you. You see a real person that experienced it. You see a real person that went through the loss. You see a real person that is getting over the loss and is still going through that grief process. I'm not the person to say, well, I went through it and now I'm 100% over it. I have my days where I have to pick up the journal that I wrote and go to a page and say, what did I do on this day to help me? What scripture did I read on this day to help me get through? So I think that's what makes it distinctive is that when you look at me, you're looking in the mirror. You're, you you can look at yourself. You can come to me 100%. And if I don't know how to get you through it, we're going to work it out together. We're definitely going to, to work it out together. I've been through a lot. And I feel like I now have, I don't know it all, but I definitely have the tools to get you through to the to the next step so that you won't have those dark days that I had. And you, you may, you, and even if you do, now you can go to one of my steps and say, well, you know what? Let me see if I can use this step to get me, out of my dark space, to get me out of my bed today, to get me out of this, I don't feel like I'm worth it. Let me just go to her book and 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 pick that chapter and read it and see if she can give me some encouragement. All right. So as we're starting to close out, let me frame this or kind of shoot this question to you. Grief seems like it's a big component of where you're standing now. So are you grieving the past and your choices are you grieving what could have been or are you at the point where the grief is your motivation to move forward good question i had to throw it out to you because i know you touch on so many things in the book so i just want to know let people know that's all the points um, you touched on in the book. <laughs> at this point, I'm going to say grief is my motivation. Grief, at this point, grief is definitely um, my motivation to move forward. Okay, so definitely. let me ask, let me layer it. So mm-hmm. if it's your motivation to move forward, then relating it to the podcast what should I or what do you want the audience to hear in relationship to grief, women, and justice? Um, I would say, for one, if you're going through, if this is, if you're going through something right now in the justice system, I would say first you need to pause, breathe, and definitely pray. I would definitely say don't give up. I would say to get you an advocate to to help you process whatever it is that you're going through. Do not just take anything. Do not just sit and allow anyone to steer you in any direction that you don't want to go. You have a voice. Stand on your voice. Stand on what you feel. Do not just, don't just give up. Like, I don't, I don't want to see anyone give up. Um, get your knowledge together. Don't even listen. Don't even listen to your, just listen to your person that's on your side. Have your own advice. Stand on your own. So when that person comes to you and says something, you can back them with, well, no, because this happened. 
So always stand on your own, never give up. Um, and just have your ducks in the row. Don't be afraid. Push fear. Fear has to definitely go out the window. You cannot let fear take over. Letting fear take over will have you grieving what happened in the past. So we're getting close to the end of the show, but I want to give you an opportunity to tell us uh, again the name of your book and then um, your upcoming events. All right. So the name of my books are 619, The Emotions Behind Closed Doors. And I also have a journal um, out that's called Journal Your Journey, Turning Grief, Pain into Progress. And you can find those two books um, at www.momscantalk.com. And that's that's can um, with the K. And they're also available on Amazon. And um, right now, the events that I have coming up, I'm a part of a um, touring monologue. We just actually left New Jersey this week. I'm not New Jersey. I'm sorry, North Carolina this weekend. And for any upcoming dates, you can get those dates on my um, website. So traditionally for the show, we love it when the guest ends off with a statement that they want to leave the audience with. So I'll ask you to give me that. Um, my statement would, be, would have to be, don't let what your what your now looks like dictate your tomorrow. The speaker opened the door to the criminal justice system from a different angle. I'm a big component of gaining knowledge before you pass judgment. The key to me is hearing from all sides. I hope today sparked your interest in her court case and finding out more, but also in her books. The two books mentioned are 619, The Emotions Behind Closed Door, and Turning Grief into Progress, Journal of Your Journey. Remember, do not keep this knowledge to yourself. Mention the podcast to a friend. The objective for me is to keep the conversation going.